Welcome to the Town's Learning Show podcast series, episode 40, with independent learning tech analyst John Lay. Today I interview Claire Marsh, SVP of Training and Development at the American Bankers Association, about their extensive professional development offerings. You can find more of our content at TownsLearning.com. Well, welcome back, listeners, to the Talent to Learning Show podcast series. On this show, I am fortunate enough to interview the world's leading experts in extended enterprise learning solutions from both the vendor and the practitioner perspectives. Today, from the practitioner expert side of the fence, my guest is continuing education veteran Claire Marsh, SVP of Training and Development at the American Banking Bankers Association. The ABA is a professional member organization serving thousands of big and small member banks throughout the United States. Claire has been at the ABA for over 12 years, but has a 20-plus year career in learning and technology. From a training perspective, the ABA provides role-based content of every conceivable media type and length and format to member banks and their hundreds of thousands of employees. For decades, the ABA has been pushing the technology envelope to maximize their training efforts and their measurable impact on the association and their member banks at large. And Claire is going to tell us all about it. Claire Marsh, SVP of Training and Development at the American Bankers Association. Welcome to the Talent to Learning Show podcast series. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you, John. It's good to be here. Well, for anybody that uh, worries about member-based associations, uh, your name or your organization's name is, is really on the top of the list of learning and thinking about learning and development and learning technology over the last year. So we're super thrilled to have you here today, Claire, to tell us about the ABA, your certification programs, how you make that work with the technology and content standpoint, and learn as much as we can as all of us here at Talented Learning are in some ways your peers a couple steps behind you trying to learn your best uh, practices here and, and do better in our own associations and continuing education and certification efforts. So uh, maybe a great place to start is at the top. Why don't you tell us about uh, the ABA, what it is, about your members, uh, the, the role that you serve in the, in the marketplace. Uh, be a great place to frame the conversation. You're right. I agree. That's a good place to start. So the ABA is the American Bankers Association, and we are a membership association for banks that operate in the U.S. And we represent banks of all sizes, from the very largest to the smallest community banks that even have one or two branches. Um, we're located in D.C., so we have an advocacy function that we perform, um, but we also have a very large professional development um, uh, mandate. Um, and so we provide training for really bankers at all levels of their career um, in the banking industry. One of our main goals is to ensure that the industry has talented people uh, for the future. So we play a big role in providing basic bank training to brand new people who come to work as a teller in a branch or at any role in a branch. Um, and then as they begin to move up through the ranks and to pick their career path within the financial services industry, we have something for all of them. So we really cover a lot of training uh, for not only the retail bank roles, um, branch manager, personal banker, private banker, but all areas of lending. So that could be small business lending or large commercial lending. Uh, of course, workplace skills, mortgage lending, payments, um, 
being a bank, we have a huge compliance training requirement. So a big part of what we do is compliance training, um, but also the management of that in your uh, bank and risk management, which is growing in all kinds of directions. Um, and then specialty areas like wealth management and advisors and trust officers, all of those services that a bank provides, um, we have a very large body of training to help develop people at all levels of those um, particular specialty areas. So we're a little bit different than most organizations. Being an association, our training is focused outward. It's out at our membership. We're an extended enterprise. We have a, we have a smaller staff, a few hundred people based in DC. So we also manage our internal training, but our primary focus and my primary focus is external it's to our members is providing them ways to train their staff and improve their skills as they progress through their careers wow outstanding uh, great great overview um and from that external standpoint of well from your role at, at the aba what would that entail so as you talked about all the different body of knowledge and, and, and the training paths for all the different uh, types of positions in small to, to large banks what does that look like from uh you know your responsibility is that all kind of um, once how does training it, it be enabled through that it sounds like a big big task it, it really is we um have a large uh, events management side of our business as well so our training is not all online um, we run a number of professional conferences every year residential mm -hmm. schools um, this year, they've all gone virtual, so that's been interesting. We were fortunate that we have a very robust online training business that we were able to leverage the technologies and the skills that we had on the online side of the house to help facilitate that transition to uh, virtual conferences and virtual schools. So we're still in the midst of that as well. Um, but a very large percentage of our business is all online training, and so we um, provide that either self-paced or we have facilitated workshops online. We do a lot of in-bank training too. So some of the bigger banks want us to come in, personalize the training specifically for their organization. This year we virtualized that as well. Um, and a lot of our training really is designed to, to promote people through their careers. So our certifications are an endpoint. Um, we have a lot of certificate programs that are knowledge-based covering certain areas, but to, to earn an industry designation that you can put those letters after your name on your business card, uh, that's a much longer journey. Um, and a lot of our training is designed to help people prepare for that in the way that works best for them, either in person or at a conference or online. Wow, interesting. And so um, taking a step back, uh, how many roles do you think uh, from all from the lender to the compliance and all the, the different roles that uh, are, are we talking hundreds of roles or maybe dozens? Uh, that, that you're I, I would about? say dozens, maybe 20, 25. So it's all the main uh, roles within a branch. If you walk into your local bank branch, all mm -hmm. the different roles that you um, encounter there. Um, but then all of the management roles behind that. So again, our, our biggest certifications are regulatory compliance, certified regulatory compliance manager. Our fastest growing one is our certified enterprise risk professional, huge. Hmm. Um, and because of all the focus on um, 
money laundering management, of course, our certified AML and fraud professional, those are the law, AML is the anti-money laundering law that banks have to adhere to, a lot of which grew after 9-11, a huge focus on um, controlling terrorist financing through the banks, since that's the channel through which a lot of illicit funds are channeled. Um, banks have to be on heightened awareness about that. Um, and then we have other more fun <laughs> designations like a certified financial marketing professional. So bank marketing is a big um, specialty area. It's a little bit different than retail banking because you also have to take into account the, spe the specific role that banks play in, in the industry. So those are our largest ones. We have some lender certifications as well and retirement specialists that all go into the wealth. Um, certified trust and financial advisor is, is our second biggest one actually. So it's sort of a whole specialty area in the wealth mm -hmm. management trust advisory space. Mm -hmm. And so for each one of those, did you develop like a skill and competency model that uh, uh, goes throughout the, the, the career? Uh, absolutely, and that's an excellent question. We really base all of our training, not just our certifications, but all the training that leads up to it. Uh, we have a number of bank advisory boards in each of those areas. We meet with them regularly. So we, we tell ourselves that we're by bankers for bankers. We, we talk to the people in those roles and we have listed out competency models, knowledge areas. We tier those areas. This is what you need to do most often, second most often, least often. Um, and then we have domains for our certification. We really have identified the knowledge and skill domains. And most recently, we've, our certifications have really evolved to be application focused. So it's not just knowing mm. all the content, but what you do with it. When someone asks you to perform a function, what do you do? So a lot of our certifications over the last few years have been upgraded to really focus on application in real life. And um, so it does take quite a bit of preparations. It doesn't you have to have a certain number of years of experience to be able to put all that knowledge to action and to have the use cases in your bank of experience to be successful to achieve that certification. Wow. Uh, how interesting. How interesting. The the certification or the, the skill and competency. So uh, would you look at that for each professional or is it matrix so that some skills are applicable and content is applicable across like multiple lender programs for example like yeah absolutely yeah absolutely we um generally try to personalize so for example uh, we just revised our entire curriculum for wealth managers wealth advisors and there was a whole area because the industry is changing uh, that was not present in our training materials before. And a lot of those were relationship management skills, mm -hmm. understanding generational changes, um, understanding uh, uh, sustainable investment. So a lot of the areas of uh, focus that just weren't even on the radar 10 years ago are very much in focus today. Those same skills of emotional intelligence and understanding generations and communicating across cultures, um, all of those things are applicable to bankers in any role. So mm -hmm. we have taken many of those courses and personalized them in our leadership programs, for example, um, because those apply no matter what role you have. 
Wow. Wow. Great. And so, uh, so it sounds like you have a, a lot of moving pieces and small content. You talked about certificates and certification. Is there something smaller than certificates yet? Like just videos or? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got, we run the gamut. We have small micro learning courses. A lot of our communication skills courses are that. So it's online communication or online presentation skills or uh, written communications. We'll have little courses that kind of address all of those. One of our more recent uh, initiatives is to produce what we're calling training shorts. And it's really the new word for the uh, any old schoolers out there that know what performance support is. Oh, Today, wow. The old EPSS. <laughs> you know, that's the new buzzword is learning in the flow of work, but it's been around. Um, and because of the accessibility of online, it's a perfect distribution um, platform to, gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to fill out an application for someone and I need to know this particular aspect of how to ask this or how to fill it out or, um, and so you would just take that little training short and it would tell you how to do it. I'm mm -hmm. about to sit down and have an interview with somebody who maybe just had a life experience. What are the things that I, as a wealth advisor, need to put together for that individual and to prepare for this interview? So just a little quick 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Um, we're building those out because they seem to be very popular and very relevant today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what would be the media, uh, something like that? Would it be like text and video screens or something different? Like We have all different all kinds for different audiences. So for example, mm -hmm. we have a library of bank director training. Um, they don't need to know the deep details, but they need to know the high level of a topic. And so video is most appropriate for that. They would not be an audience that you would expect to sit down and take an e-learning course, but they'll watch a five-minute video. Um, whereas some of our more technical courses in the compliance space, we probably have the largest library of those short topics. We have an expert with you know key points. It's almost like a little rapid webinar that kind of covers that topic in depth quickly, very focused. So it really is all, all over the board. Um, I'm, I may have been a big fan of printable resources. Um, so most of our courses have resources that are downloadable, printable, that you can pull out so you don't have to actually log in online when you're preparing for an interview or going to coach a, an employee. You can kind of look at those key points and put them to work right away. Wow, interesting. Where does the body of knowledge come from? Or are you working constantly with subject matter experts in these advisory groups to, to help create this knowledge? Do you, is your team subject matter experts in all these financial topics? Well, certainly we've developed an amount of expertise <laughs> that we're working with in these libraries. Um, ABA has a staff of attorneys, so anything regulation oriented, they are our primary subject matter experts. We will work hand in glove with the legislators as laws are being written. So we interpret them for the industry. It is one of the benefits of being an ABA member is that you get those interpretations and how to apply them. But they also serve as our subject matter experts for some of our largest compliance programs. The rest are uh, bankers that either volunteer or that we have tapped to be faculty in our schools um, and our advisory groups. So really it is a uh, massive undertaking really with different people in different areas. We have program managers for each of the specialty areas and they're mm -hmm. the ones who manage those advisory groups and they've developed expertise too um, and what is latest and greatest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Interesting. Tell me about uh, the application focus to double back to you were saying how, uh, you know, you're, you're upgrading your certifications to, to have more of that hands-on. What, what does that look like? How, how do you teach that? How do you measure that somebody is doing it? And that that's that was a real challenge for us. We have a, a wonderful learning management system that we've been on for many years, and that allows us to deliver to our extended enterprise. But the specific requirements of preparing for certification really needed very specific technology. So um, we recently signed up for a new technology that focuses on that and does that very well. Um, and we designed our courses to take advantage of the capabilities of that platform. Really allows for personalized learning so individuals can rate themselves in all the domains that are going to be asked on the examination. Um, they're presented with scenarios and asked to choose so they can rate themselves and they then they take a lot of the scenarios and questions and then are rated on how, how well they did. Um, and it links them back to resources that they can study. So it really allows an individual preparing for a certification exam with multiple domains to dive deep into the areas they need to, to uh, refresh their knowledge in, in all the areas. It's, it's what they wanna do when they wanna do it. And to me, the, one of the best features of it is a timeline. So you put in the date that you intend to sit for your exam and you, if you feel competent and have gotten 100% in all those domains, it tells you how much time you have if you haven't, that you need to go in and do more research. So whether you need to reschedule your exam so that you're ready or that you do dedicate your time um, very um, specifically to prepare for a certain target date to sit for that exam. It's a wonderful uh, platform, Bench Prep is the name of it, and um, it really has changed the game for our certification preparation. Mm. And so you use one platform then for learners that are are prepping for the final exam, and and then you have a broader yes. ecosystem to support the training shorts and and that's exactly the ecosystem is the word that we use. Uh, we, we're on Cornerstone on Demand as our base extended enterprise, um, but we use a different platform to deliver our webinars. We recently moved to Intrado for that. Um, just yeah. has I'm sorry, which one was that? Intrado. Intrado. Mm -hmm. Yep. They also have a, a, a virtual conference capability, which we utilized last year. Um, but we're, we're not settled on a single technology. This last mm -hmm. year, a lot of new companies came out. Um, we're, we're delivering conferences on different systems right now. Um, we run our virtual schools on Cornerstone. We've used Cvent. We're using another platform, which the name is escaping me at this point in time. <laughs> uh, that poor vendor is like, no, don't, don't forget us. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so yes, we're trying a lot of different platforms as they emerge to see which one fits best. And we have mm -hmm. small conferences as well as very large ones. So one size does not fit all for sure. Mm -hmm. And how about from a content standpoint then, do you use uh, like external authoring tools or LCMSs with this volume of content. Now, how do you think about uh, that from a technology standpoint? Yes, we use a number of uh, authoring tools. The biggest one we use is Articulate Suite of courses. So we do mm -hmm. a lot in Storyline. Um, we do build some in Presenter. Um, we haven't really started using Rise yet. We're experimenting with that, but 
we've also developed a lot in Captivate, a lot in Lectora, um, and we've also developed our own HTML templates, which we use um, probably predominantly because it allows us to uh, very, very rapidly update courses and it's very light and it runs on many external systems. Um, and since we deliver out to so many systems, that's a big deal for us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How many uh, member partners do you have approximately in the U.S.? Oh, um, you mean students on our platform? Uh, well, organizations first, then students. Just curious. Oh, okay. Well, um, there's about 6,000 banks in the U.S., a little under 6,000 banks, and we're, we have the majority of those. <laughs> um, wow. And so on our learning management system, we have over 4,000 separate banks with separate domains, um, many of them branded to the bank. So a small bank can send out their learning and it's branded to them it looks to their employees like it's their own internal lms um, and then we deliver also to large banks that have their own lms system so we set up what's called a content hub where they download our courses and then they deploy them to their own internal systems and they have robust technology that they manage on so we deliver out to probably every single type of learning management system that there is out there um, and yeah, what was, oh, number, uh, two hundred. we have approximately 215,000 users on our instance of our learning management system. So it's pretty robust and it's very, very highly utilized. We have a very large, our key uh, performance indicators are registrations and completions. And we have about three and a half million registrations a year. And just under 3 million completions. So it's really, really a very robust and highly utilized program. And we're delighted that we're able to serve that many bankers. Oh, I imagine. What a story. Congratulations on on being able to, to just get your head around this, let alone uh, uh, actually make it work for, for a couple decades. This is uh, absolutely fantastic. Just in terms of bigger than a bread box, uh, a certification, one of the the bigger ones. What would be the amount of content in there? Would that would that be like a like a month work worth of work to 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 learn that, or as you said, years? Yeah, it's or? really our our certifications do require a minimum of two years. Most of them are a minimum of two years of experience because you really need that time to learn to be able to apply everything. The number of regulations, so in our regulatory compliance certification is astonishing. I mean, there's a, a library of you know, 40 core uh, regulations that you really need to know every day um, in every aspect, as a compliance manager, as a chief compliance officer. Um, you need to know, have a working knowledge of all of those. Um, and then there's guidance from all of the regulating agencies that are not specifically regulation, but if this is what the bank is examined on. So you not only need to learn the letter of the law, but how to apply it and how to set up structures in your bank to ensure that the people that need um, training on the client facing people who need training on regulations and how they deal with the audience, the security regulations of what kind of data that track and manage for to prevent uh, money laundering or fraudulent activity. Uh, all of the different roles have a different area of responsibility in lending to make sure that it's fair, you're following the fair lending laws, that you are reaching out and doing your part. We have a huge um, 
initiative at ABA to really help ensure fair lending um, and to promote equity in the financial markets. Banks are in a wonderful position to help promote that. And um, so we educate our bankers to do that and apply that on the job. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Claire, you've been, uh, I was hounding your resume on, on LinkedIn and looks like uh, you know, 12 plus years uh, at, at the ABA. What lesson do you wish you knew now that you had to learn the hard way over the last 12 years or, or, or really any horizon? What, what would you learn the hard way that you wish you'd, that you would just never make that mistake again? Anything come to mind? Well, I think um, always being open to new technologies and new ways of doing things. The world has changed a great deal. I've always been in online learning since the early days, and there is so much more capability now. Uh, when we started, we had our, our strategy was to have one platform that did everything. And over time, I've come to realize that there is no one platform that does everything because there are so many unique needs. So we've really moved to much more of an ecosystem, as you mentioned before, where we are doing things in the way our customers want them to, to look, to feel. They want to access in certain ways. Some of them want to have a subscription approach to certain content. Others want to just buy it by the drink. So you really have to have flexible options because the world is full of different people with different needs. And so that's the that's the hardest thing for us to do is kind of keep up with what's new and available out there and then to work quickly to adopt new technologies or new capabilities that give people what they need. Um, that's that's our biggest challenge. Mm -hmm. Interesting perspective. How do you how do you and your team keep up on what's always the cutting edge? What's your strategy there? Uh, we're an organization, we're a pretty small team considering what we manage, but I think to a person, we're all very curious. And so we read a lot, we subscribe a lot. Um, we are, we are, are ourselves learners, so we know what it is like to want to learn to do things differently and, and um, learn better. So when we see something, we try it. Um, bench prep was a perfect example. It was something that we saw a couple of years ago and it was just an idea, let's try it. So we pilot. So that, that's been, I think, the strategy that's worked best is if you wanna try something, do it, take the risk, but start small so that if it fails, you fail small. Uh, <laughs> you know? And yeah. that's what we do. We've, we've done quick pilots on things. If it works, we expand it. Some things we've tried and we've abandoned. Um, but that has served us well, that, that take, a, take a risk, but take a small risk, prove the point, and then, get, and then move into it rapidly. Uh, sage advice, sage advice. Last question, uh, what's on the horizon? What's the next thing that, that you're worried about to, to take your learning yet another level up? I think it's a continuation of those small bits of learning. Um, everybody is so time pressed these days and um, being able to provide good solid information in whatever type of medium works for people. Um, one thing I observed during COVID, the only time we were able to get out, my husband and I would go for walks every day and you, everybody had 
been sitting in front of a computer for so long and we're used to delivering online training. And I thought, why can't we deliver it more in an audio format? Because people are out taking walks, they gotta get away from the screen. So we're now looking at how podcasts like this interview, this is a real learning opportunity. Can we apply continuing education credit to that? Can we build it into some kind of a curriculum that it fits a little piece of knowledge that builds up the entire whole? So it's just trying to be creative and look for new ways of doing things and really having them be small, accessible chunks that add up to the whole. Um, the one cautionary tale I would have about microlearning is that there's some topics that are just too big that you can't learn it in a microburst. You have to dedicate a certain amount of time. So make it small when you can, but make each chunk manageable if you have to make it larger. Wow, great advice. Claire Marsh, Senior Vice President and Training and Development at the American Bankers Association. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your wisdom and experience. Wow, what a great conversation. It was fun, thank you, it was my pleasure. Wow, you guys are doing some great things over there. You should be uh, proud of yourselves with a small team and, and that kind of reach. Uh, in my business, I get to talk to a lot of, of your peers that are doing things at a much, much smaller level. So uh, how many balls that you have in the air and the amount of banks and the amount of learners and the amount of programs and diversity of your content and the application of your technology and the ecosystem component, you know, all that rolling in together is, is really the the forefront of so many different uh, pillars in our industry. So uh, congratulations, uh, pretty special stuff you're doing. Yeah, uh, thank you. I'm lucky I have the environment I can do it in. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, hopefully you come join us uh, uh, here in the future and we can hear uh, all the new things that you're up to. Uh, fascinating conversation, thank you. I'd love to anytime, Jeff. All right, listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Talented Learning Show podcast series. I uh, really appreciate you listening. We'll see you on the next. You can find more of our free resources at talentedlearning.com. Have a great day, everyone.